This is Life Authentic with Christy and Beth. I'm Christy. I'm Beth. And And we're we're sisters. sisters. We're also mothers, writers, entrepreneurs, and purpose-driven inspiration junkies. You know what we're not? Perfect. If you're okay with that, this podcast is for you. We share real-life experiences and the lessons we continue to learn with the hope that it will encourage you to live your most authentic life of purpose. Let's do this, Christy. Happy New Year, Christy. Happy New Year to you, Beth. I love the start of like a new year. I do too. Even though you know I'm not a huge winter fan, I love when January comes around and it's just a brand new year. There's something I love about that. I do too. I do too. It's like a brand new beginning, a Mm -hmm. clean slate, even Mm -hmm. though it's not technically... But if you look at it that way, it is because everything starts over again. It's a brand new year. I always have a hard time remembering when I'm writing it down to write the new year. (laughs) Yeah, I filled out some of Daxon's school paperwork um, two days ago, and I completely put the wrong date. (laughs) Sent it in and everything. And then it hit me later. Yeah, that you put the wrong date on that. I'm sure. Just a year behind. I'm sure they'll realize what I did, hopefully. I I think a lot of people do that, Mm -hmm. so just kind of comes along with it Mm -hmm. but yeah I do love um I always love the start of a new year and it's always a little bit sad on one hand because I love that break that you have with the kids you know Mm -hmm. you and me talk about this a lot I love that break that you get where everything just kind of slows down and everything but then towards the end of it I'm like ready okay ready to get back in the groove get back into a routine and I'm the same way I really enjoy that downtime where everything slows down, but then I kind of crave, you know, that that productive, a <laughs> little bit more structured yeah. time. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I was I was happy to see it come, and then I was ready for it to change yeah. when it was yeah. over. So, so that's actually something I've been working on lately. You and me talked about this not long ago, but trying to focus on like the firsts instead of the lasts. Because I think especially when you have kids, you know, and I have kids of all different ages. I have one that's getting ready to go to college, and then I have one that's just a baby. And, like, I just stopped breastfeeding the baby. And for whatever reason, this go-around, it wasn't like this with the other two, but this go-around, it's like I knew for sure that this was the last time. And it was really sad. I told you I struggled with it, even though I, I felt like it was, it was time to like move on to the next step. It was still very hard for me to let that go. Cause I'm like, Oh, cause that's such a sweet bond that you have with your baby. But I'm thinking about like, okay, well it's the end of that, but it's the start of look, he's eating so much food. He's growing into like a toddler now instead of a baby. And like with Olivia going to college, I try not to like get so anxious and heartbroken over that because one side of me is like oh my god my girl's about to leave and she's going to college but instead of looking at oh it's the last time I'm sure it's not going to be the last time she's at home but she's going to move out you know instead of looking at the last I'm looking at that first she's going to be able to move out get her independence and learn how to like live in the world on her own a little bit, which, I mean, parents know when your kids go to college, you're still taking care of them. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And you're still trying to help them learn how to be an adult and learn to be more independent. But it's really helped me, and you helped me with that too, because when I was struggling, you you know, you were like, just try to focus on the next step now. Mm -hmm. Try not to be sad over, like, what's 
being left in the past, but be excited over what's coming in the future. And that's helped me so much. And so that's like kind of a, a, a New Year's resolution for me because hmm. it's, um, it's just something that I found that it really helps me. And I think if people can think of it in that way, it's kind of mm-hmm. like a way to reframe the way that you think. If you can look at it that way, you know, you're leaving one thing in the past, but it's the start of something else. So, yeah, I like that. I like that. I feel like you can apply that to so many things in life. You know, you were talking about with kids. It, it is very hard. We all know as parents that they're not a tiny baby newborn for long. Yep. It's not long before you're going, oh, my goodness, I have a six-month-old. Oh, my goodness, I have a one-year-old. Oh, my goodness, I have a five-year-old. You know, it goes so fast, and it is very easy because it is sad. Yeah. Because you're like, you'll, you know you'll never get that specific little person back. It's, right. They're still the same person, but they're, they're just growing up right before your eyes. But that is one thing I've always tried to focus on with Dax because... I don't want to get caught up in the fact that he's not a baby baby anymore and lose some of the joy of him being a seven-year-old. And one of the cool things, I think this is when we were talking about this subject a week or so back, is, you know, Dax is seven. There's no more baby fat. There's no more any of that. He's not a baby. He's a seven-year-old little boy. But I love the fact, I've been looking so forward to the fact where he could travel with me, where it's not, you know, a seven-year-old is still, it's not like they're independent by any means, but where he can go and travel with me in Nevada and be independent enough to do some of the things that we've wanted to do with him. And it really does take some of that sadness away and bring so much joy when it comes to the new phases and the things that you can look forward to. And I really just think that's the way life works anyway. Things are always growing, changing, evolving. And we can't live in the past and regret how things grow, change, and evolve. I mean, we can, but it really is not nearly as joyous, in my opinion, to do that. It's, you know, all through life you have to let go of things and seasons in your life and sometimes people and phases with people with your children Mm -hmm. and looking forward I like that that's like a resolution for you because looking forward to the start of things instead of thinking about the end of things is is really a really good way like you said to reframe that yeah and say yeah that's gone and it's perfectly okay to feel sad over it sure especially the parenting thing because it's like you know that's your baby you love them yeah but you know I always love something our dad has always said this he's always said you know I miss that like talking about even us and the grandkids like I miss that little person that they were but I wouldn't trade the person that they are now back for that person yeah you know and I always always think about that too Mm -hmm. that's a neat way to look at it too is like yeah you do miss you do miss them being little but you wouldn't trade like Dax right now is like the coolest seven-year-old I've ever known and so like you wouldn't you wouldn't trade trade what he is now Mm -mm. for what he was then Mm -mm. and I heard something one time I think it was just a quote, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe I was listening to a podcast. I don't know. I don't remember. But it it was talking about how our job as parents is to teach our children to not need us. And that's one of the hardest things Mm 
to understand. So I think about that too, or to accept rather. It's easy to understand, but it's really hard to accept <laughs> yeah. that you've really done a really great job as a parent if that child changed, grew, evolved, yeah. and became independent and left you. Yeah. Because that you taught them about life. That is absolutely what life is. Life is not that you get coddled all the time, right? that everybody figures out your problems for you, that, you know, there's an end to things and there's a start to things. Yep. And if you teach your children that, I always think about that, that, because, I mean, do you ever struggle with, I mean, I know Shep is little, but you have older ones. There's, there's like this tightrope you have to walk where it's like, how how much do I help them with this? And how much do I say be independent? Oh, yeah. Because when they're younger, you have to help them. That's your job is to guide them. But as they grow, you have to say, you don't need to need me through that. Right. And it's so hard. It's like this, I call it a type, right? Because I feel like you're constantly balancing on something. Do you ever struggle with that? Like, where do I draw the line? Every single day <laughs> okay, of my yeah. life. Yes. <laughs> And it gets harder, at least for me, it's harder as they get older because when you see them start transitioning from a child into a young adult, it's even hard for them because it's very easy for them to let mom figure out stuff mm -hmm. and to jump in and save them and to fix things. But yeah, trying to find that, that balance and the line of like, okay, where do I step in and where do I step out? You know, where do I let them exactly. figure out, okay, is this something that they really need my help and support on, or do they do they need to figure this one out on their own? Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's, I, I don't think it's just a struggle for us. It's a struggle for them, too. Because That's a good point. when they take on new responsibility and they have to figure out things, then all of a sudden they are responsible for mm -hmm. their choices, mm -hmm. and they can't blame you or fall back on you. So, yeah, it's very hard. Olivia, through, like, her applying for college and all of that, I've tried to just be there if she needs me. I've tried to let her take the lead mm -hmm. and, you know, let her really research and decide what she wants and how she wants to do it. I guide her and give her advice, but I'm trying to let her really decide for herself, what do I really want? And, you know, the thing is, too, is you can always – change directions you can always start over you can always do something different and I think that's all part of it too is it's it's hard to let them make a decision and not be sure if that's going to work out for them because mm -hmm. you want to you know for your kids you want to give them everything you didn't have you want to teach mm -hmm. them everything that you feel like you weren't taught or that you you want to learn from your past experiences and make life easier for them so they don't have to deal with some of the things that you did. But sometimes, um, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and she was concerned about her daughter about something. And I, I thought, and we kind of talked about, like, unfortunately, you have to let kids do things sometimes, especially when they get to a certain age. You just have to step back and tell them how you feel, give them advice, but then stand, step back. And sometimes they have to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and me, how many things have we learned the hard way in our life? Everything in my life, <laughs> I just, feel like sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I think I learned everything the hard way because I've always been very hard-headed, first of all. Yeah. And really hard-headed people. 
get to learn things the hard way because they're hard-headed. And I feel like there's so many things that I've learned the hard way. But some of the things I learned the hard way or the things, most of the things I learned the hard way are the lessons that really stuck with me. Well, and that's So that's not even yeah. a bad thing. I mean, it can be a bad thing on one hand, sure. for sure. Yeah. It can cause you a lot of heartache, a, a lot, lot of, of struggle decisions. that could have been avoided. <laughs> but it was, it's necessary, like you said, sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes people, kids, adults, everybody in between, they have to learn on their own. It doesn't matter what anybody tells them. If they're determined to do something or be a certain way or try a certain thing or whatever, then you can't you can't stop them from that, and mm-hmm. they have to learn those decisions on their own. I mean, I still do. The only difference is I think as you get older is you realize that. When you're really young, you don't really realize that. You think you have it all figured out and like, no, this is this is right. But then the older you get, you realize like, oh, I've made a really a lot of really dumb decisions in my life. So you're a lot more open to mm-hmm. to to input from people that you respect and trust to help you look at a situation and say, hmm, I don't know if that's right or if that's good. Yep. It's amazing what repercussions can teach you because I think (laughs) part of that is when you're younger, you have not suffered many repercussions for your own independent choices. That's right. When you're older, you have more than likely gone through so, so much of that that you obviously become more wise, but like you said, more, more cautious, a little more open-minded and say, well, wait a minute. I know the roads that this can send me down and I know what it feels like to suffer the consequences of my own actions and choices. So let me step back a minute. (laughs) And when you're young, you just don't, you just don't think like that a lot of times because you haven't gone through those trials and things. You don't really have a past to look back. You haven't, you haven't learned from your mistakes and Mm -hmm. you don't have a past to look back and be like, Oh, I don't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess it's just all part of the process. But as a parent, it really doesn't make it any easier for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are those things, just like you said, looking at the start of things. That's right. Instead of the end. Like I said, I always think I've done a great job. I have to remember I've done a great job if I teach him to be independent and ready to leave me and where he doesn't need my help. Yep. So those are, there, there are little things that you can concentrate on like that that I think can can really get you through well I love what you said that means that you've you've done your job as a parent you've been a really good parent you've you're you've raised a well, well-rounded responsible child when they can be secure enough in themselves to make good decisions and to be independent and you know that's that's a that's a really it really says a lot for you as a parent and that's such a good way to look at it well you have to pre- you're preparing them for life you have them for a certain amount of time to prepare them for life and when I'm walking like that tightrope, like we talked about, I always, always ask myself, okay, am I teaching him? There's a time to step in and help them, especially him. He's still very young. And what am I teaching him about life sort of thing? Yeah. Am I teaching him somebody's always going to come save him? Or, or like you said, even with your teenager, somebody's going to figure it out for you? Yeah. They're not. I know that. I know that's not how life works. And so to prepare him to be a confident, independent person is teaching him to hopefully face life. 
in the best way that he can. Well, and yeah, and teach them, give them the tools that they need so that when they do make a decision that doesn't work out for them, that it doesn't just destroy them and wreck their life. Mm -hmm. Teach them how to bounce back from things when they do make bad decisions or they do the wrong thing. Letting them know like, hey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You just redirect, let's refocus, go a different direction, you know, search yourself, have some self-awareness and learn from it. I think that's a good lead in to what we're actually going to be talking about. We're, I, we're actually not going to be talking about parenting, but <laughs> <laughs> it's we kinda, took a side It's kind of natural for us since we have kids. I think, you know, you can't help but talk about your kids when you have them. So, but At the start of the year, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions, and like we said, it's the new year. You said it's the start to something, even though it's the end of something else. A lot of times people take that time to focus and try to do something better. And what you just said about if things don't work out, being resilient, bouncing back, reevaluating, I think that that's something good to bring into the new year and to connect to your resolutions if you make them. And all of those things is to... For adults to have that type of attitude and thought process to say, even if something doesn't work out or, you know, I didn't have the year that I wanted to have, it's okay, let's restart, let's refocus and do it again. That's right. Maybe do it a different way. (laughs) You know, that brings up a point. I think I told you about this, but a friend of mine posted something right around the start of the, the new year. People were posting all these resolutions and all these different all these different things like like we do. And she posted something that I thought was just I loved it. She it was just really kind of short and simple. But she basically said she went down the things in her life and she said, I don't really have any big resolutions. Basically, she was saying, I'm happy with the way my life is and Mm -hmm. I'll continue to do the things that I'm doing and improving and, you know, doing whatever. And then she was like, you know, is that bad? I mean, absolutely not. If mm-hmm. you, if you are happy where you are, good for you. Yes, that's mm-hmm. awesome. That's that's what that's what we all want to have in life. You that's know, the reason we make resolutions, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so even 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 if you're not a person that makes resolutions, mm-hmm. you don't even really have to call them resolutions. I just think the start of a new year is always a good time to reflect mm-hmm. and look back at the year you had, and and say, hmm. Was it everything that I wanted or are there some things that I want to adjust or do differently or change? And, and the start of a new year to me is always a really good time to do that because, mm-hmm. you know, we've kind of been, I guess, programmed and trained to do that. It's kind of a thing, but um, it's just really a, kind of a good excuse to me to do that, to reflect and say, okay, are there, are there some things I want to change or improve or Whatever, you know, whatever the case is. Yeah, exactly. I I completely agree with that because I think that, I mean, I think that it all through the year is a great time to reflect. But if you're not a person who who does that often, it's really good to have a moment, whether it's a resolution or you're just calling it some self-improvement, personal development, to take that moment to reflect and really look at everything. And I'm, I'm doing my resolutions a little bit differently this year because I am a person who's always made resolutions and I've always been a person who will always at the end of the year when I have that downtime at Christmas I pull my resolutions up I keep them on my phone and 
I pull them up and I look at them and I really think about them. I think about the ones that I accomplished, the ones I definitely didn't. <laughs> and I like to assess and reevaluate because our resolutions change too. Yes. And it was interesting because some of mine just didn't apply anymore after after a, a total year had gone by because life had changed, things had changed, jobs had changed. And it's really interesting to look back and reflect on that. But instead of making a lot of resolutions this year, I'm just making one resolution. And that's something I've actually never done before. I've never made just one resolution. Well, you and I talked about this the other day. I have one, I'm kind of kind of, of the same on the same track as you, mm-hmm. I have one main resolution. I have a few small things that kind of fall up under that, but the one main resolution, it everything else does kind of fall up under that. Mm-hmm. And the other things are just kind of small things, like I said, trying to focus on, you know, the, the, the first and not the last, a few little things like that. But I'm with you on that. Um, well, for one thing, for me, I think that it, makes it a lot more simple for you also to focus on those things or on that thing. If you just make one, do you want to share it or no? Yeah, I'll share mine. Do you want to share yours? Yeah. 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 So my one is kind of like several in one, but what you just said about things falling up under this, that, that was my main reason for only making one resolution because you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a planner and a thinker anyway, so I will tend to make goals and reassess and all of that all through the year. So instead of just writing a bunch of things down, I just, my one year's resolution was to be my very best spiritually, emotionally, physically, and, and to continue to evaluate and set all the goals that fall up under that. And I wouldn't really call those resolutions. It's kind of like my things to do list that goes with my main goal, (laughs) if that makes sense. No, that's a good way to put it. Because all of my resolutions fall up under those categories so many times anyway, that I thought if I just make this one big resolution and then I do what I usually do, which is have goals and different things that I set throughout the year. I just feel like, just like what you said, I feel like that will be an easier way for me to follow and to actually accomplish what I want to accomplish. Yeah, I really like that. I, I feel the same way. And that was, that was really the same reason that I wanted to focus mainly on one thing. And it's so strange that we both kind of did that and we never talked about it until after we had already mm-hmm. after we had already kind of made that commitment to ourselves and then when we talked to each other we're like well mainly just have one mm-hmm. I'm like yeah me too mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so what's yours so mine is very similar to yours but it's to step into the person that I know that I am and to fully be the person that I want to be. And that sounds probably oversimplistic, but I feel like in life we have this vision of who we want to be and who we know we can be, but we spend all of our time 
trying to put all the pieces together so we can be that person. And really, if you just step into being that person and doing all the things that your ideal self would do, if, when you look at it like that and you just kind of step out of the person that you are now and step into that person you want to be, then it all of a sudden makes you realize like, wait, is this the person that I was or the person that I, that I know I'm supposed to be? Like live, I guess, I guess the best way to, to, to say it is to step into the person and be the person that I, that I want to be. I, I don't know if that really is clear or makes sense. It, I but. mean, it's perfectly clear to me. I, I, completely, I completely understand that and agree with you that so many times, for years and years sometimes, you'll go through life with ever, without ever truly being your authentic self. I was just going to say being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the main part about that to me is being 100% true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And we're not 100% true to, true to ourselves. At least I have not been throughout my life. I've been true to myself in some ways but I've been true to other people's idea of me. Mm-hmm. And when you start letting that go and realizing like, no, I want to be the person that God created me to be. I want to be true to myself. I want to have complete inner peace and know that who I am and what I'm doing fully aligns with who I believe I'm supposed to be and not somebody else's idea of what they think I'm supposed to do or be or what they think I'm supposed to do. I can completely relate to that because I'm a person that believes that God creates us to be who we're supposed to be. And we take all of that and jumble it up real nice. And like you said, take all the outside opinions and influences and all of these things and somehow morph ourselves into a person sometimes very far from who we were created to be. And he, he gives us all these strengths, these gifts, really, that are meant to carry us through life if we develop them, hone that skill, know when to use them correctly, know when to draw back from them. You know, it's like people in, like, psychology and stuff say a more developed, you know, it's okay to have this as long as it's a more developed characteristic. Right. Because sometimes people that don't have very developed characteristics or traits use them in the wrong way, and it can cause more harm than it can good. And I think that we're given those gifts and those traits, and then it's our job to take it and haunt it and make it better and really, like you said, step into that. And so often we don't. Yeah. I mean, so often we don't. I haven't, just like you said, I haven't so, so many times in my life been true to myself and I've used those gifts that I've been given and who I've been, who I was created to be and created a lot of noise and chaos with it instead of using it to help me through life and help others through life. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good way to put it. You know, I think we we value other people's opinions and I think we always should 
people that we love and trust and we know that that love us we should value other people's opinions and ideas and we should go to them for advice and input because that's what helps balance us out and helps us kind of see the big picture because you know sometimes other people even see something about you that you don't even hardly see in yourself Mm -hmm. and so I think that's always good but also I think it's very easy to be influenced too much and try to live up to other people's expectations or compare yourself to other people and try to fit into a certain box because you think that's the way you're supposed to be when in all reality you're not being your authentic true self you're trying to morph yourself into something else for what for approval Mm -hmm. for uh, somebody else's acceptance I definitely think you should be the best version of yourself that you can be but I also think you should be the most true version of yourself Mm -hmm. that you can be Mm -hmm. and so it takes courage to do that though it does it takes courage to finally I guess love yourself enough and respect yourself enough to say hey wait a minute I deserve to be true to myself. I'm really doing the world an injustice if I'm not true to myself. And if I don't, like you said, hone my skills and my God-given talents and share that with myself and the world and my family. And, you know, you're doing, you're doing the world an injustice when you don't step into that. I agree. And it's, it's really just crazy to think about, like I said, that I've done with myself, like to me, I like you used talents. I love that because, yeah, it's like a gift, but it becomes like a talent. Mm-hmm. And you, you're you given these talents that you can use like rungs on a ladder to climb higher, to be more successful, to carry other people with you on a higher, more elevated path. Mm-hmm. Or you can beat them together and sit on the ground and make <laughs> a lot of noise, like I said, that I've, I've called yeah. myself doing. And you go nowhere. And... That's what I was talking about with the developing who you are and really using them in the right way instead of using them to, to, to cause more damage. But the, I, think, I think one of the reasons that I set that one New Year's resolution is because I've talked before on here about my year 2023 where a large part of the year, not the entire year, but a large part of the year was just reflection And what you said about stepping into yourself, I had to really sit still and think about my own authenticity in the sense of what are the most important things to me. And if I am going to set the New Year's resolution of being my very best spiritually, emotionally, physically, then what is that? Yeah. (laughs) Does that make you see? It's like I had to really think about, I can just say that and then I can go on and be the very best version of somebody else, as crazy as that sounds. (laughs) But I like what you said about true, your true self being the very, you know, the truest version of yourself. And I might just change that little word on my resolution just because I love that, that it's, yeah, truth, because I do feel like that that aligns so well because of my whole not the whole year, but my partial year of complete reflection mm-hmm. and, you know, be being quiet and still, which I'm not real good at. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good for us, though, to take take that time to be still and to reflect. 
because like what you said, I mean, you can be living really somebody else's life. You're Mm -hmm. not being true or authentic to yourself. You're not using your strengths and the things that you have that you could offer to, to, to help other people. And, you know, just even to help yourself and your own family, Mm -hmm. you're not using those things that you have because you're, you're too busy trying to be something that you're really not. And so, yeah, being true to yourself, that's to me the most important thing that you can do. Because when you do that, you know, if you're a person who believes in a higher power, if you feel peace about that, then you're not just being true to you, you're being true to God, which is the most important thing of all, because then your footsteps will be led in the right direction. And the people that are meant for you, the things, the jobs, the whatever it is, whatever's meant to you will come into your life at that point. Mm -hmm. But until you step into that, you're always going to be fighting a battle and, and not be able to reach the potential that you could reach. Mm-hmm. I'm, ju- I'm, I'm just thinking about that <laughs> yeah, for a minute. Yeah. I like it yeah. because it, it is, it's so, it's so true. And not only do we not use our talents, sometimes we just don't use them at all, but we can use them as weapons. Like, for me, let me just be specific so people know what I'm talking about. I'm naturally a communicator. I truly feel that God gave me that desire to connect with people, to communicate, to be able to express myself to sometimes with words, not always, sometimes with <laughs> words that, that mean, mean something and where I'm able to con- connect that way in conversation. However, I've also used that to talk too much or listen to other people talk too much and it became like a weapon that I, I was using against myself and uh, like creating that noise and the and the chaos so that I didn't slow down and really be quiet be still and not and really take in things and not always be communicating because in that silence and that stillness, I found how I really need to use those skills. And not that, like, that it's not like, oh, I don't need to be a communicator. That is, that is a, a gift. That is something that God gave me. I just need to not do it in the wrong way, in the best way, and, and do it to stay busy and do it to, you know, not right. to use it in the wrong way. Well, you know, they say, my husband Steve has always said this a lot, but it's, it's, it's something that I've heard a lot, and that is, you know, your biggest strength can also be your biggest weakness. Absolutely. And that is a very true statement, because when you first hear that, you're like, huh? What do you mean my biggest strength can be my biggest weakness? Just like what you said, mm-hmm. like you are a very skilled communicator, and God has blessed you with that ability, but... Like you told me the other day, you're like, sometimes I just need to shut up. Yeah, I do. I, I stop now that I'm older and I just shut up and I tell myself, it's okay. Be like, Beth, shut up. I tell myself, <laughs> Beth, shut up. Because creating my own noise, listening to the noise of so many other people because I'm constantly talking, other people are talking to me. You, you have to sit back and rein that in Yeah. so that you can truly hear your own voice 
your inner voice, the voice of God, because it's like being in a crowded room. If you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and everybody's rah, 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 that's not a great place to really have a deep, meaningful conversation. Mm -hmm. And this past year, having conversations with myself, you know, my real inward person, having conversations with God, it, it took a month for kind of this noise inside my head to even settle where I could hear my own self. Yeah. Not just my voice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My inner self to hear God your, speak your, to me. Your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Yeah. It, it was definitely, I had no idea. I didn't understand why I was doing it at the time, but now I do. And I'm like, ah, oh, thanks. That was good. I needed well, that. That's, you know, I mean, that's why they call it self-development, personal development, personal growth, mm -hmm. because it's all about you as a person growing to reach your full potential. And, and, and it's important to be able to pinpoint those things. Like you, you've pinpointed like, okay, this is a really good skill that I have. This is a gift that I have, but I need to use it in the right way and not let it be, you know, a stumbling block for me, but let it be a stepping stone mm -hmm. and being able to even identify those things about yourself. They, it takes time and work to even identify that. And there was a lot of them. I won't bore everybody with all of them, <laughs> I have a lot but too. like I just, the communicator thing was, was one of them I just pulled out. There's a lot of things in my life that I've been using wrongly and things that could be strengths that have become some of my biggest weaknesses and I probably I think I think a good way to put it is I just got tired of myself <laughs> like it was yeah. like I just got tired of myself and kind of the way that like. I was doing things and I was like okay wait a minute something's not lining up here because I'm doing a lot of things I'm saying a lot of things I'm going a lot of places but I don't feel fulfilled and really in tune with who I am as a person or who I'm meant to be as a person well, you know, I think a lot of, I don't know that people necessarily think of it this way, but this is something that I've been thinking a lot about. And that is a lot of those things that we do are really rooted in fear. So for me, I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum of you when it comes to communicating. I'm, I'm working on being a better communicator because I'm a very good listener. I'm a very good listener, but... In my past, I've listened and listened and listened and then didn't speak up when I should have about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Even people wanting advice from me or talking to me about something, me not really speaking up the way that I should for fear of either hurting that person or them getting mad at me. Um, you know, and I think a lot of times we don't realize that we do certain things out of fear. Maybe, maybe you with the communicating is you want to make sure you're understood and that people know how you really feel. Love it. So like the fear is if I don't speak up and say this, then they're not going to get my point. They're not going to realize how I really feel or what I, how I really feel about the situation, mm -hmm. you know, and it's the opposite for me of like, yeah, people don't know that about me because I don't, I haven't tended to speak up a lot. And but do you think you, you, your fear of not speaking up is because you don't want to speak up and then feel misunderstood? A hundred percent. Isn't that crazy? Yes. yes. I, think 100%. That, I think that's so, I mean, not crazy. It's crazy in like a very fascinating way. 
Well, and, and like I've pinpointed lots of fears with me when it comes to that. You know, I'm a very emotional person. You know me if I'm talking about something that's very heartfelt or emotional for me, I'll break down and cry. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes like in a certain conversation, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to break down and cry. And I'm like, Christy, that's just who you are. If you break down and cry, just break down and cry. Nobody cares. And if they do, then shame on them. You know what I mean? Like it's okay, man, woman, child, whoever, it's okay if you cry and you have emotions and you feel a certain way. Um, but yeah, th- that, that, that's been a fear. Like, I don't want to speak up now cause I know I'll get, I'll get, you know, torn up and I'll start crying mm-hmm. or like you said, a hundred percent, I won't say things sometimes because I'm not as good of a communicator as you like verbally, I feel like. And so I won't say things because I don't want to be misunderstood and I don't want people to take it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but it, it's, it's very interesting to think about a lot of, a lot of these things are actually just rooted in fear. And when you learn how to overcome those fears and realize, again, it's being true to yourself. When you're a hundred percent true to yourself, you don't have any, what, what do you have to fear? Mm-hmm. If you're being the best version of yourself and you're being true to how you feel and how you feel like God wants you to be, then what do you have to fear? I mean, nothing, girl. <laughs> no, I love that. Preach. I think I think that that's I think that's so relatable on so many levels because, like with with me, you know, I've, I've had to really work on my vulnerability. And once I did, I cry a lot more now. I show very much, a lot more outward emotion. And the reason that I tucked my emotions away sometimes is because I didn't like to feel vulnerable. Because to me, vulnerability said somebody can come in there and hurt me. Because at my Mm -hmm. most vulnerable places at times in my past, people have taken advantage of that. And I've gotten very hurt and very upset. So it was, uh, you know, this self-preservation mechanism. It wasn't a healthy one, but where I... You know, even though I would express myself, I didn't I didn't like to be as vulnerable because vulnerability felt like I was I could open myself up to possibly being hurt. Mm-hmm. And you and I've had many conversations about that because you're like vulnerability strength. That's not weakness. And I've come a long way with that. But yeah, yeah. but you crying and stuff and being able to be vulnerable, I think, does show where where you might think it's a weakness it shows that you are strong and maybe you don't have that hang up of being open or vulnerable and fearing hurt again fear that's why I didn't I had to really get to the root of that that's why I didn't want to show emotion and break down and cry and do certain things because it was such a vulnerable state and in at that phase in my life thankfully you helped me through a lot of that and a lot of prayer helped me through a lot of that, but that, that obviously is a fear and it's based on the past and, and also looking at it, going back to reframing your thoughts. Yeah, there's a possibility if I'm really vulnerable to somebody, I'll get hurt. I'll get upset. I'll get embarrassed. I'll get any of these things. That's, let me just go ahead and say, that's probably going to happen again at some point. But it doesn't mean that I need to stop being vulnerable because so much, so many beautiful things come with the vulnerability too, Mm -hmm. because vulnerability really is authenticity. You're really stripping everything away and being who you really are. And that is, um, 
I just think it's so interesting how you go through all those seasons of your life and figuring all of those things out, <laughs> all of those hang-ups that you developed at a very young age and the fears, like you said, and really trying to overcome those. And I think the new year is such a great time to reflect and examine all those things. Break them down, pull them apart like we are. Yeah, you but know? then also continue to do that all year long. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to only make a resolution for January 1st of every year. You and I talk about this, like we really make resolutions all throughout the year because you're constantly changing. Your life is constantly changing. Things around you change. And sometimes you have to adjust. Like you might look back a year ago at a resolution that you had and say, hmm, that's not working out for me. That's not, that's not really how I want to be or what I want to do. And so there's no shame at all in erasing that one and writing another one down. Like that's all part of the process of personal growth is. It's growth. That's right. Things change. That's right. Maybe the reason things changed is because you grew. That's right. And I think this is another good point along those lines is not only do things change, your whole mindset may change. Maybe that's the reason we unknowingly both made one one New Year's resolution because we probably weren't in a place in our life where we could even do things in that way. We, we maybe didn't recognize things within ourselves and we weren't capable really of, of doing that before. And maybe we've grown to that point to where we, we do feel like that we can just make that one and then fall let everything up, fall underneath it because I don't think I could have made that resolution if I wasn't in tune with my authentic self because like I said before be the best version of myself or the truest version of myself do I definitely know who myself is yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> who is I yeah 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 so I, I just think that um I'm so glad that heat knocked off because I, I was know. getting hot. me too but um I do, I do definitely um, think that it's a beautiful thing to have a new start, to reflect all throughout the year, yeah. to even if you're not making resolutions, to still have that reflection of trying to be better and really get in tune with who you really are. Well, I like to, there's a meditation I do that's called Clean Slate or something like that. It's a guided meditation, but... When I feel like that I've had just a crappy day (laughs) or a day that just didn't go the way that I wanted it to do, I like to do this meditation because it walks you through the steps of wiping the the slate clean. It's a nighttime meditation. So it walks you through clearing the slate for the next day, getting a nice peaceful rest and letting go of today so that tomorrow is a clean slate. And if we always look at mm, the like start it. of a new day, the start of a new year, the start of anything as a clean slate and a, a chance to start over and to fix all the things that are not going right and to adjust our, our course, you know, it's it's really helpful. You know, and I, and I just had something else come to mind because, you know, we were talking about fear. I think I think we make so many decisions and do so many things in our life out of fear and not being true to ourselves, you know, sometimes we stay with a person or go back to a person because of our fear of being alone. We want the comfort of being Mm -hmm. with somebody. 
even though we know that person is not right for us, mm-hmm. but we, but we fear being alone and we make choices like that. We stay in a job and don't go after the job we really want or start the business we really want to start for fear of failure or feel or, or fear that it's not going to work out. There's so many things that we don't do when we're not being true to ourselves and we don't honor ourselves. We make really bad decisions based on fears of all different from all different areas and all different things in our life. And when you again, when you just focus on being true to yourself and start letting go of those fears, this is something else I told Olivia the other day. She was stressing over something and I said, "Okay, Think of the worst possible outcome from that situation. (laughs) I said, sit there and think about it for a minute and feel it. Feel what that would be like and what you would do if the worst possible scenario came about. And I said, think it, feel it, then let it go. And I said, and then realize 99 and a half times out of 100, it's not going to be the worst case scenario. But... I think allowing yourself just to feel that and to think, okay, what is the worst case scenario of this situation? And then let it go and move forward. Then the chances are very, very high that when you let that fear go, something so much better is going to come out of that situation when you let go of what you're holding on to that doesn't feel right or what your fear that's going to, not work out in your life if you let go of that and stay true to yourself then much greater better things are going to come your way and I can say that because I I have put that to practice in my own life so many times it's not easy it's very hard when you're in a place of fear and you don't want to let go of something and you don't want to get out of your comfort zone and step into something else because you're scared it won't work out Well, if it doesn't, it doesn't. But that means God's got something so much better for you, and he doesn't want you to settle for something when he wants to give you something so much better. Yes. Oh, that just got me chills. I know. (laughs) Me too. I'm just honed in right now. I really loved that. I think there's another part to that too. I love that you told Olivia that. Even the other part of that, Chris, if the 1% happens and the very worst thing happens, Mm -hmm. I think it's such a great exercise because a lot of times when we walk through that worst fear, that's probably, like you said, not going to happen. Even if it does happen, I believe that helps you build faith that and really think about what you would do, how you would feel, and helps you to even walk through those emotions so that you realize you're a resilient person that is able, even if if the worst thing happened, that you're capable, resilient, able to get through that instead of hiding from it. I love you told her walk through it. Mm -hmm. And both sides of that, even though I definitely agree with you, we worry so much all the time about things that are probably never going to happen and they never do. But sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. And even if there's that 1% chance, Mm -hmm. walking through it, basically facing that fear and realizing you're not going to, turn into a puddle and melt like the wicked witch of the west (laughs) and some people might (laughs) you know but I really think that that's such a great thing to build her resilience and her faith that it's still gonna be okay you know 
Don't well, live in that fear. Just face it and let it go. Well, yeah, let it go. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the key to it is is face it and then let it go because then once you let it go, you make room. That's the thing we don't realize when we're holding on to fear and we're holding on to something that's not meant for us or something that's or holding on to a fear of something that might happen. We're 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 stealing our own life. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're stealing our own happiness, our own joy, our own life. And if we can learn to let go of that, then we make room for the happiness, for the good things to happen to us. And I, and I like what you said. Most of the time, those things don't happen, but every once in a while they do. But that just means that there's something better for you. And preparing yourself and letting yourself feel that for a minute and then letting it go somehow gives you the strength to just to keep going and it does it does strengthen your faith so much mm-hmm. because then you put your trust in God and stop trying to figure every little thing out and you're able to move forward mm-hmm. you're able to move forward yeah I love it it's like our sweet friend Terry he he's the one it's been a while back so I'm not going to get this perfect but it's been a while back he he talked about this book called drop the rock and I'm probably going to mess this all up, but the general idea of it is people in a boat watching you swim to the boat and they're begging you to get in the boat so you can get in it and sail away to better things. But you've got this giant rock in your hand that's drowning you. Whether it's fear, whether it's your past, whether it's mistrust, anger. Are you about to cry? No, <laughs> you got this look on your face. I was like, Christy, don't start crying. I mean, I, I might, might, I might start crying if you start crying, but maybe we need a good cry today. Beth. Yeah, we it, might it, just cry. Talking out. about these things, though, I feel them like so deep in my soul. That's what maybe that I, it, I caught that glimpse in yeah. your eyes. Like, oh, you're about to cry. Don't cry because I might. Cry I feel cause. them so deep in my soul that it it is hard sometimes to, to yeah yeah. Well, I just loved that little like parable or analogy of. If you think about it that way, that we can either wear things like weights around our neck. Some things we just have to drop. Sometimes we just have to drop the rock so we can float, so we can get on the boat, so we can sail away, do better things. Sometimes, like I was talking about myself, we need to stop wearing those things like a rock and use them as our safety vest and do all these puns. But like, you know, just to bring us to the surface, let us breathe and know who we really are to help us get on the boat, to help us, you know, go into the future instead of staying burdened down by the fear, by the shame, by whatever it may be that's holding you back, not being your authentic self, constantly holding on to trying to be someone different. Let it go, drop it, float to the surface, and you will be so amazed at how light you feel. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. You know, something else I think that's really helpful is remembering that all we really have is the now and reminding ourselves that we cannot change the past. We cannot change anything that we've done or anything has anybody, anything that anybody has done to us. We can't change any of that. So focusing on it does absolutely no good. It just steals all of your happiness, stresses you out, makes you more fear- fearful for the future, and also realizing that you can't control the future. You can 
be the best that you can be. You can try to make the best decisions. You can plan for the future. But you cannot, first of all, control other people. You can't control the things that are, that are going to happen. But I believe focusing on the best and trying to, to have the best outcome is important. But also remembering that, wait, all I have is right now today. Mm-hmm. So let me focus on today. Not forget about what I'm doing for the future. Reflect on the past, but not obsess over it. And don't let that steal all of my joy because I can't change those things. All I can do is what I can do today to try to make the future better or to try to mend the past. But I can't, I can't change. I can't control. I can't change the past. Can't control the future. So also that is another way to like, let it go and Mm -hmm. realize like, Oh, I can't, I can't control any of that. That that's been a struggle for me throughout my life is realizing that I can't control. I'm not a control freak, (laughs) but just realizing that sometimes things happen that you can't control. You can't control other people. You know, you can want the absolute best for somebody, but you can't, only they can do that. You can be there for them, but you can't fix them. You can't change them. All you can do is try to be an example and a light and show them love and show them a better way. But it's up to them whether or not they choose that way. Yeah, there's so much power in the present. And like you said, we can't control, predict the future. We can't change the past. But you know what's really beautiful about being in the present is things that have happened to you in the past, the only thing you can do is something about it in the present, which means things like things like shame, things like abuse, things like, you know, trauma. You definitely can't go back in the past. That's why the present's so so important because you do have the power however to overcome the past but only with the present not by living in it you can reflect but you have to do something about it only in the present your future self can't do anything that's already happened which is why you're maybe suffering or going through these things but you have the power in the present same with the future to me wow look how powerful the present is if you do something in the present it can change your future you won't be able to predict it or control it but it has the power to change it so if you think about it in that way of the present that we overlook so much it's the most powerful place to be because the past is the past the future is the future but you still have the power in the present to change things, to heal from things. And if you don't live in that present state, you'll never, you can never experience that, whether it's healing or growth or any of those things, unless you use the power of the present moment. Cause, um, because like you said, it's all we have. <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. Well, you know, you've heard it said the presence is a present. Mm-hmm. They call it the present mm-hmm. because it's a present, like a gift. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said. If you don't ever live in the present, if you're living in the past or living in the future, 
giving yourself future shock, then you can't do anything about anything. You're always going to stay in that place of being stagnant, not being able to grow because I, I love, I love that in the present. If you focus on that and do the best you can in that it does, while you can't predict the future, it can most definitely help you have a much brighter, happier future. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So obviously, you know, it's a great time. The first part of the year resolutions, yep. all the self-improvement, all of those things to, to be present, to do a lot of reflection, self-examination. Really think about those resolutions before you make them. Obviously, Christy and I have dug and dug and dug, and <laughs> I could even go on and on. I mean, I've dissected myself in a way before I decided upon my resolution to know my strengths, to know my weaknesses, to think about the, you know, the present and what power that can offer me if I use it right, what what joy it might bring me to use my gifts and talents in the right way instead of the wrong way. And I think that's probably one of the most important things to do, whatever your resolutions are, or if you don't make them, to just have that reflection and that time to really look at who you are, like you said, your re- resolution, stepping into who you are, and then becoming the best version of that. And then whatever falls up under that, write it down, whether you want to make 20 of them or one like we did. And I think, I think, I feel like that's just where it starts, you know? Yeah. And, you know, speaking of the future, so we make resolutions and we focus on personal growth because we want a better future. So the way you have a better future is it's not that you never think about it. You set a goal. You say, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. This is the kind of person I want to be. Mm-hmm. And then you use the present every day to do the things mm, that like make it. you that person and that build the things that you do want in the future. That's mm-hmm. really the key to it mm-hmm. is knowing what you want out of the future and knowing who you want to be. It's setting those goals, but then not stressing over it. Just every day, take that gift of the present moment and the present day to to be that person you want to be. Yeah, I love it because that's where your power is. That's right. It's okay to look into the future to plan for the future, just like we talked about in the past. Every single day is your power moment to do something, to work towards that, to work towards a better future, a better self, a better relationship, whatever it may be, in that present moment to do that. You know, be as specific as you want to be. Getting kind of down to like the nitty-gritty of it. Be as specific or as broad. Mine's a very broad New Year's resolution, but I feel like I'm in a place in my life to make that, and I have many things that will fall under that that will be very specific and kind of broken down into smaller steps. But being specific, being real with yourself, being in the present moment to every day that you have to work towards those things. Well, and that's where the stepping into the real version of yourself comes in. If you look at your goals what you want out of life, who you want to be, 
and live as that person. Mm -hmm. Look at the future self and the future things that you want and go ahead and live as that person mm -hmm. yeah. today. Yeah. Because that's, that's what transforms you and transforms your future is being that person. Mm -hmm. Stepping into that person. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it too. I like it. Happy New Year, Beth. I know. Happy New Year, Chris. <laughs>